Okay, so you have a new book out. Tell everyone about it. Yes, uh, the new book is called Let the Wild Grasses Grow. It's inspired by my grandma and grandpa Cordova, Della Chavez and, and John Cordova, and it's kind of a look at what would happen to them if I, if these two favorite people in my life lived, well, they did live during the 1920s, but what, what could I envision happen to them throughout that time? You can pick it up at toryhousepress.org or anywhere else that you buy your books, preferably independent bookstores. Thanks. So, all right, here we go. So I'm going to be a little rusty. It was the last time we did this was November 2021. It was the last time I recorded a podcast. Um, well, we did bourbon, beer, and books, but Sean Davis just, he can do that all on his own. With, yeah. so I didn't really have to show up. I just had to sit there and listen. Oh, sorry about that. You might have no, to show up today. <laughs> no, no, he, uh, no, it's okay. It's good. It just took me a while to get back in the swing of things. Um, so this is our first since November. I told Brandon that. He didn't believe it. I might as well get our intro in so that this is part of the podcast, right, Brandon? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's up to you. <laughs> no, we might as well. We might as well talk about that stuff, you know, talk about the podcast and where it's been. People are probably like dying to hear. Um, so this is Case Johnston. This is literally podcast. We're broadcasting from Banyan One in the Monarch on Historic 25th Street in Ogden, Utah. Bam, did that. First take. Best take. First take. Yes. And we've been gone for six months. So. No rust. No rust at all. We'll see how I do about doing interviews. We'll find out. Heather, you are our guinea pig for Case Renaissance. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you're up for it. Uh, I'm so, so honored. Okay, good. <laughs> I just love to be a guinea pig if I can. Well, yeah, and this is, yeah. And then Heather and I are, t so if you're listening, um, we, we're not live though, right? No, 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 we're, no recording. we're recording. We're recording. But you'll, so Heather and I, you'll find out this in a little bit, but um, Heather and I are actually doing a King's English um, kind of chat tomorrow night online, um, which Heather kindly invited me to join her. Um, so tonight's just a run through, I think. We're just going to kind of like run through it and see how it goes. Uh, but we won't be talking about my book tonight, not at all. Tonight is just um, Heather's book, which I have right here. Oops. Uh, the River Between Hearts by Fitzroy Books, which is actually a, an imprint of Regal House, Regal right? House. Yeah. yeah. And my, you know, multiple friends of mine have published with Regal House lately. You, um, Leah Angstam, uh, multiple people have really have published with them. And, and I didn't even really know about them until this last year. And now it seems like they're picking up all these really good books from really awesome authors. Um, so... You know, that's really cool. So check out Regal House's, you know, backlist. They've got some really good stuff. I entered a contest for their stuff um, last year. I didn't win. Um, you'd, mm -hmm. have known, you'd have known by now if I did, but um, they're, they're obviously picking up really good books from, from great authors and friends. So tonight we're going to talk about The River Between Hearts, Heather's new book. Is, is middle? Would you say middle grade? It's middle grade? or is it It's middle grade, yeah. 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 For sure. So that it's eight through 14 is, is the suggested age. Mm -hmm. um, third grade's a little young. Fourth graders can head on in and, and with a little support. Fifth grade, they're good to go. But mm -hmm. I also say this is a book, and perhaps you experience this case, that all the way up, I've had high schoolers that have absolutely loved it because they can read it with nostalgia, and adults mm -hmm. have really been loving it. So in the same way that To Kill a Mockingbird stretches across all ages yeah. i think this book does as well yeah it does um and it i was i mean there's a few things i want to talk about what it, do did you have something to read do you want to read something <laughs> right <laughs> now yeah this is how so rusty i am for a second i want to work in my place 
Um, it's up to you. I mean, you know, this is the this is the Renaissance literally podcast. We don't have to start with a reading anymore. We can do <laughs> Oh, am that. I supposed to start with a reading? Okay. Well, you well, do, but you know, this is a new this is a new world. This is post COVID. Well, kind of, right? I guess COVID's coming back, but um, um, so yeah, it's up to you. We're we are free. Um, how long would you like me to read for? Ah, uh, three or four minutes. How's that sound? Perfect. I will because this is a middle grade book. Yeah. Um, the first chapter is all three and a half pages. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have a lot of questions when you read when when you read a middle grade book. Yeah. And so I'll read chapter one. How's that? It should that's, be about four minutes. That's perfect. And I I have questions about middle grade too. So it's it's gonna it'll weave right in. Okay. Awesome. Right. So chapter one. My treehouse, Fort Cruz, wasn't far from home if you had wings. But if you were stuck on the ground, stubby cliffs blocked the way, so the trail looped around. Behind me, the creek nagged, rill, 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 making me mad enough to spit. Rose bushes scratched my arms and legs, and spiderwebs stuck to my face. Clifford shot between my shins, making me scream like a girl, which I guess was all right, because I am one. But still... Give me a break, I shouted at that crazy cat. Really, though, I was shouting at the whole dang world. And then there I was at Fort Cruz. I forgot how much I loved its cheery golden color. Forgot the roof was the big gray plastic one off our playhouse from when Eddie and me were little. Forgot we'd painted the shutters sky blue. The flag with the K mom had sewn snapped on the breeze. At the ladder, I peered up. Handprints, Eddie's, mom, dad's, and mine waved from the floors underneath. I looked down at my sneaker, swallowing, because those hands seemed so happy to see me. I climbed the rungs and nudged up the trap door, lifting it higher, higher, till it fell, banging against the floor. I shuffled from to a window and unhooked its shutters. Sunshine exploded across the hammock, table, and one stump chair. The other stump chair lay on its side against the wall from when I kicked it last September. There was the shelf with our family photo and my four drawings hanging on the walls. Everything was just how I'd left it, except the air. That seemed better, cleaner. I dragged the stump chair back to the table and walked up the sunbeam to look out the window. Dad always called this the eagle's view. I opened the next set of shutters and took in the view from there. Opening the last set, I looked out on home. Our company's building reminded me of a big brown pencil box, except to the green metal roof for a lid. Off its back corner, the snowmobiles for winter tours were parked in rows. Off its other corner, bright blue river rafts were stacked on the one trailer that hadn't been hauled away by a van stuffed with guests. I could also see the back of the cruise whitewater adventure sign of the two-lane highway, the dirt road in, and the bridge across the creek. I filled my chest with the smells of trees and plants and animals busting awake after the long winter. At a ruckus on the ladder, I flinched. Of course, my slingshot was in my backpack against the opposite wall. Breathing fast, I watched a paw reach through the door, then another as Clifford clawed his way in, ears flat back from how hard he worked. Don't scare me like that, I scolded. Meow, he replied like, I'll do whatever I please. And he strode around inspecting everything. I plopped onto a stump chair, resting my elbows on my knees and my chin in my hands. 
Then I could feel our family photo staring down at me. Twisting around, I stared right back. I'd been nine in that photo. Real crew, shortest person in third grade. A year and 26 days had gone by since Gus took it, and I'd been careful to stay exactly the same. I whispered to Dad, giant beside me up there, come home for my birthday, okay? Please. I heard a swishy sound and froze. After a few seconds, there it was again. The third time, my heart about stopped because I realized it was coming from the hammock. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so chapter one, how much can I give away today? <laughs> like, like how much, like, cause I've, you know, there's things I want to talk about, but you know, we of course want people to buy the book. Um, but how much or how, how many spoilers? Um, let's save a little bit toward the end, but it depends on your audience. Like your audience is going to be adults, right? And, and yeah, so they're going to read it with a little different eye. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want. Say what you like. Okay. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of middle graders tuning into the literally podcast. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I would hope so. I would hope I so. Uh, then, For some whiskey. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, whiskey. Yeah, and, it's 21 and over. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, bourbon beard books is definitely 21 mm-hmm. and older. Um, but uh, we're doing one of those next next month. And that's, that's a totally different story. Um, okay. So with this, I mean, so. This is a, I mean, this is a really quick read. I mean, how many, how many words is, is the book? I mean, you know, I always like to talk about words and word count. I think it's around 60,000. I could Is be it wrong. really? Yeah, it I think. Hard, huh? Maybe 48. Gosh, you're, you know what? I haven't <laughs> thought about it, the word count in a while, but yeah, it's average yeah. length for middle for grade. For middle grade. Right, yeah. right, right. Which is great. And it goes by so quickly. And so, I mean, as, is this, would you say this is your first middle grade? Everything else has been more YA and above, hasn't it? Two young Second. adults. And then mm-hmm. in September 2020, I released a short story collection. Right. And then um, in February, this middle grade book released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your first, so middle, first grade. middle grade for sure. Mm-hmm. Too young at all. And it about killed me. Did it really? <laughs> it Tell was us. so hard to write. Oh, I want to hear it all. <laughs> Tell us the story of how this book was so hard to write. That sounds better than my question. You want to hear that story? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, I hadn't written one before. All right. So last time we talked, I had told you, so I'm dyslexic, like real in the story. And I always try to include dyslexia in some form because I'm also a reading specialist and I've worked with students for years mm-hmm. who struggle with reading. And so I, I try to bring that and its reality to the fore. And part of the way my dyslexia, dyslexia has so many different ways of manifesting, is that I see the big picture. I mean, my poor husband, like it's always the big picture. And so I think the last time we talked and did an interview, I mentioned that stories tend to arrive pretty fully formed. But since then I've thought a lot about, and I've experienced a bit more of, of my writing process and really broken it down. I think I was a little bit dopey last time we talked, but here's how it works. And this is why I have two YA short stories in a middle grade. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I'm sure you have these two, those obsessions that we have as writers. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. see things, we experience things, and they go into our souls. And we hold, we don't even realize maybe even that we're holding on to them. Right. And then for me, um, one day a narrator shows up. Right. 
that wants to tell the story. And it's crazy. They show up. And I mean, they tend to be really fully formed. Mm -hmm. Voice, appearance, everything. Um, and so Rill showed up. And she was a hoot. She's stomping along the river. She was angry at the world. And yet she was just so likable and lovable and relatable. Just this girl who made mistakes. Um, and I was like, okay, who are you? What are you here for? And uh, so over time, I realized that the story she wanted to tell was what's in the river between hearts, which is something I had seen when I was teaching high school. Mm -hmm. And it stuck with me. Um, and so... I just, I literally, since I hadn't written a middle grade book before, and I was first, I was like, well, no, I saw this in high school and you're only almost 11, mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't be telling this story. But then as I hung out with her and started to see the way the story was going to unfold and sense it, I realized actually that she was perfect to tell the story because she's so naive mm -hmm. and it removes any politics or previous knowledge necessarily, other than realizing that she had had the luxury of indifference. Um into the telling of the story and she and she can make many mistakes and things like that so i read a lot of middle grade and i've always been a fan of middle grade books i love them if i ever want to feel good i read a middle grade book because there's hope in them right you know and then there's um so um really did some research about how they worked and studied that and then started writing and case it's so stinking hard i don't doubt right? it so yeah. you want, you know the thing is these young people are smart yeah. and they're hungry and their minds are agile and the work of middle grade readers is they're defining their world mm -hmm. and so the, the trick was to write the book with full of rich content and characters and metaphor and symbolism and all these different things working but to do it in a way that was absolutely clear without flowery language mm -hmm. um, the sentence structure is simpler more simple sentences maybe complex every once in a while a compound or compound complex sentence mm -hmm. you know and just really doing that um listening to middle grade kids talk consulting with middle grade teachers like what is what a kid say lady or woman you know yeah. Well, I can say lady, you know, I wanted to get the voice right. That was really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and and then, oh, man, there's all these times, you know, I'm a little bit older than 11. So that mm -hmm. adult voice and that writerly voice would want yeah. to sneak in with a right. passage or something. And it'd be like, mm, get out of there. You, can, you know, it can't be there. So it took so long to get the writing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I see, you can see it on the first page, like what I initially saw, you know, when just reading it and you, you, you connect with a young person's voice, like immediately, not only in the dialogue, right, but in the diction mm -hmm. and the syntax of, of the, the, of the character's mind of the, of the first person thought process. And I mean, <laughs> like, even like the third paragraph, fourth paragraph says, you know, I'd forgot how much I loved its cheery golden color. You know, I'd forgot, you know, I mean, like if you wrote that without, you know, like if you wrote that in an adult book, people would probably say this or editors or publishers would say, I don't know if this person has control of their, the language, you know, but, but <laughs> it's very purposeful because, you know, we would say I'd forgotten or I had forgotten da, 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 da. Right. But to get that voice immediately. It is this, I'd forgot. Yes, that's perfect. I mean, it feels like, 
like my son, who's now 11, barely, how uh-huh. uh, he would talk, you know, and right. uh, and now reading it, I'm, I'm hoping that he'll he'll pick this up, you know, um, because it has a lot to say to an 11 year old boy. And he's um, he's a smart one. And he, you know, but it, this voice to him does is it feels his age. It feels that. And you can see that in the, in the diction and syntax throughout. And I, I immediately found that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is very much a middle middle grade book, you know, uh-huh. and, um. I, you know, I climbed the rungs and nudged up the trap door, lifting higher, higher until it fell, banging against the floor. You know, I mean, this is kind of like, you, like you said, we're not going to go into this large, large swath of narrative description, but there is narrative. Disc- I mean, th- but there is, it's there so that people can see the world too. So that's got to be a hard thing. You know, if that, if that were me writing this in there, three pages later, she'd do something, you know? <laughs> You can do that with adults, but with kids, you can't do that. You have to be very precise and concise with, with description, but it actually absolutely has to be there. Yeah. So description kids. occurred, would have to occur through the things she encountered or was frustrated with mm-hmm. or did um, as a kid would experience them. Yeah. You know, they don't stop and occasionally maybe pause and say, isn't that lovely, you know, and look mm-hmm. out at the view. And she especially too is um, a tomboy who is very much about action and doing things. And so, um, you know, to be true to her character, she her descriptions had to fit coming that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to talk about the crux of the story. I mean, because that really kind of hit me. And this felt to me, um, like you said, this is she's naive, she's innocent, um, and the since there aren't a whole lot of middle graders listening to the podcast, I think we can talk about it, um, <laughs> and give it away a little bit. But there's a part in here where, which which is the big part, which is a big crux of the story, where where Krill like Krill um, tells a lie to her new friend. You know, she tells a, or doesn't lie; she holds the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. She holds the truth back, yeah. knowing that the truth would take away from the joy that her new friend brings her, mm-hmm. uh, but it would give her new friend a better life. It would, it would give a lot, right? It would, yeah. it would help yeah. her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this felt like, you know, as adults, we would say, well, this, this, this is conniving, you know, <laughs> this is kind of... Um, this is selfish. And I think for a fifth grader would, I think we could say it's selfish, you know, but it's mm-hmm. a naive selfishness. It's mm-hmm. a way that as an 11 year old, or, you know, we're looking at this and we're saying, yeah, there's, I could do this and it would make my friend's life easier, but it would make my life harder. So I'm going to pick this, <laughs> um, you know, but as, as an adult, we say, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's something that in a character we don't like. Right. Uh, but in the book, it is something that, you know, for a child, we say, yeah, you know, that that's that that makes sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think at the crux of the book, what would work in a middle grade book wouldn't work well, would work in an adult book. But that person would probably be like the antagonist. Right. Like <laughs> this person is holding back this truth. It's hurting somebody else's life. Right. But in this book, it's a very naive decision. Uh, it's a decision about, you know, immediate happiness um, that isn't fully thought through. And like I said, I have an 11 year old and there's a million things that aren't fully thought, like thought through. He's a smart kid. He's a loving kid. He's a really, really good boy. But things like the 
things that aren't thought through, that's very, very common. So like when you were thinking about this kind of like you say you come with full stories, you know, that they're formed for you. Was there that there in the beginning, this idea that your character could make her friend's life easier, but hold it back? Or did that come during the writing? Like, was that part of the? Well, let me clarify what it means. The story's all there. I have a sense of the whole story, but I'm going to have to write through it all. Yeah. If that makes sense. And so this definitely, I knew she would do this. Partly she's had some big loss in her life. Right. Right. Um, and she just doesn't want to lose anything else too. And it's just an instinctual reaction. Um, so yes, I, I knew this partly because of what I experienced as a high school teacher too, in the way that um, the high schoolers dealt with it versus the way a middle schooler would deal with it. Right. Um, which would be very different. Um, and so I, you know, I knew that that at some point would happen, how it was going to play out. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure in yeah. what way. And and that just had to play itself out. Um, and I was really pleased with the way it played itself out. Yeah, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, so, and I don't think yeah. I gave too much away there. I think that was kind of really good. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the character, how you wrote the character without giving away the... the... I, need, I need a humble brag button. Uh, Which I, one is uh, I tell you, this is case renaissance. Case I renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am no longer, you know... Yes, yes, yes. Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is the new me. Um, no, but it was, I mean... You know, I, 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 I mean, I flew through this book. I mean, if you, if people know me, they know I don't fly through books. Like I, I'm a very slow reader. Um, you know, I, I take my time with books. I don't have a lot of time. Um, and this book, I really, really flew through, and it just, it all of a sudden, I started it, then all of a sudden, I was done, which is just a huge compliment to oh, Heather's writing. And I don't read a lot of middle grade books. I mean, I, I mean, I just don't. And um, I really, really, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it um, all the way. Good, through. yeah, glad uh, to hear it. Yeah, no, I, I loved it, um, and I love the main character. I love the sporting characters. I love this idea, and you can talk more about this. I hope. I mean, this book is really. I mean, it's about the friends, right? It's about these two friends and mm -hmm. how one friend wants to help another friend, and but it's really at the heart of it. It's a, it's a story about children who lose their parents and how that loss affects them differently and how they see the world differently through the loss of of a, of a parent um especially when they're young right when they're really, when they're really young yeah. um and i mean both the characters really kind of like mirrored each other in this way and um so i mean again this it's, it's not really a process question um but it's kind of like thematically what was what came to you first and what came to you second in the sense of like this is a this is a really story about friends or and this is really a story about um like immigration right immigration mm -hmm. problems within our immigration system mm -hmm. obviously right i mean it's really interesting because the new book that's coming out with tory house is 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 very similar to this mm -hmm. book in the sense oh. that it's it's about um how you know, immigration, it's not this, what they call, you know, border porn, you know, it, this is very much families. This is about families who are doing their absolute best and we have problems within our system. Mm -hmm. What was like thematically when you sat down to write it, was it all of it together or was it this loss of 
parent that brings these two uh, protagonists together. Like what was uh, does well, my, does I, make, does I, make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I rarely write to a theme per mm. se, but I knew that I wanted the main, I, I wanted this to be a book about compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted it to model that for young readers, but also for adults mm-hmm. and for older readers. And so that was at the fore of why I wrote this book, because um, I'll say right now, I would, when I worked at Battle Mountain High School, I would come in some mornings and some of the students that were in my classroom would be gathered in the lobby in tears because their parents had been rounded up and deported the night before. Mm-hmm. And then later that day, they'd been in my cl- they'd be in my classroom trying to go move on, you know, and and continue on. And that just stuck with me because yeah. you know that I'm a teacher to help anybody learn. And so, what struck me most about that was the luxury I had had of living in Vail, Colorado, and living the good life, so to speak. Right. Um, And yet this was going on around me and I was just had been oblivious to it. And it, you know, that was the late nineties, but it's still going on. I've been in the schools quite a lot. And even two weeks ago, it had happened Yeah. um, in one of the schools that I had been at or that I was visiting. So it's still going on um, regardless of politics. These are people. Right. And so for me, I hope that the book operates as a meeting point and a bridge um, to awareness and also a bridge between cultures, because um, I I also think this experience isn't being written necessarily um, at this grade level this way. And so I'm hoping that, that, that it brings understanding and awareness between the kids but also the adults. So right. I was always writing toward that. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I wanted real and that voice to be so thoroughly believable and relatable and to draw you straight in is so that you could be with real in empathy. Mm-hmm. And then once you were there with real as her experience with Perla unfolds, then you move through the steps toward empathy with real right as the reader so i had that very much you know i don't know that that was there on the first draft sure but definitely you know as as in the revision process and going back through and through and through that was where i was headed with it yeah absolutely the hard part is is i think that i think middle graders are better with empathy than adults are. Um, it's like, you're almost like, you know, you know, they, I think well, the way in which it's written in the book too, is they, it's not, it's, it's not face forward. It's very much like, like you said, it's very much like if I, if my son read this, I know that he would just start to ask questions, really good questions, right? Like, well, like how, how could they do that? Right. How could they just take a family and leave like, uh, and just take them and then the daughter's still there. And I think that's a great way for middle graders to say, well, this is how things work in our country right now, you know? And, and I think with middle graders and this is where we're trying so hard with him is just come ask us questions. Just yeah. Something comes into your worldview, right? 
mm-hmm. um, just come ask us questions. And I think something like this opens a worldview that a lot of middle graders don't see, like you said. I mean, yes. they don't see this, and it's a gr- and it's and it's it's placed in the book in a way that they can just say, "Why, you know, Dad, why?" You know, and because you're not slamming politics, you're not you're not doing all these things. Mm-hmm. You're not going, you know, you're just saying this, telling a story. Mm-hmm. And so a middle grader can ask, well, I don't get it. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. right? and they can, yeah. but that's a great thing. Like, I don't get, I don't get it. And you will, uh, hopefully a parent or a teacher would say, well, this is what it means. This is what, like, this is why this happens in the book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, without being, you know, this is not like, like, but no parent could pick, I don't, well, I don't know any parent, but the most parents would pick this up and just say, well, she told the story, not, this is not political in any way. And that, I think that's the great way that this story is told is just through the eyes of a child. Right. Just saying, I just want to help this person. This is the circumstance. The other stuff, um, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know a whole, whole lot about. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, no, that's what I hoped for was to yeah. remove that. Right. politics altogether yeah to absolutely. just tell a story right um and so thank you i'm, I'm really happy that it, that that yeah. happened so. well it's really interesting i like i like i said the new manuscript with tori house is the exact same way it, <laughs> it it hits a lot of the exact same themes in the sense that it is just here's a story this is reality uh-huh i'm not going i just want to tell you a story right. not, i don't want you to politicize this or anything i just want to say that this is this is what happens mostly with immigration. Uh-huh. Right? It's not the stuff that American dirt is talking about. You know, oh, it's no. like I think our books are anti-American dirt or opposite of American dirt. <laughs> you, know? you know, I hate to say it. I have not read that book. I purposefully stay have stayed yeah. away from anything like just to keep my lens yeah. clear. Right. Yeah. Um, and just from my experience. And um, so I I haven't gone there. Guess what? I haven't but. read it either. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't bring. I can't bring myself to say that I read it either. <laughs> well, when I found out. Well, anyway, that's a totally different thing. Okay. Um, um. So you know. So with this, do you think middle grades? I mean, are you, what are you going to do next? Are you going to jump back into? Anyways, okay. Let's really quickly. I obviously haven't done this for six months. Really really quickly, like this book is about a young girl who loses her father, but believes he's always going to come back, right? Loses her father. And there's this hint of mystery. There's this hint of saga. There's a hint of drama um, throughout about how, how, how he died and if somebody Mm -hmm. hurt him on purpose and so on and so forth. So there's a bit of a mystery throughout and at least in, at least in the protagonist, protagonist Mm -hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she fu- finds a young girl in a treehouse at the very beginning, as Heather read. And this young girl um, was kind of escaped, ran away from um, the what? Why am I not thinking about this right? What's the immigration, immigration raid? Yeah, yeah. immigration <laughs> raid. Um, and so she, you know, she's just trying to take care of this other little girl. Um, so that's the that's the plot. That's the the beginning of the plot. Um, and so I want to get that in. Um, do you feel like you're going to be middle grade author from now on, or are you going to switch back, or what? Do you, you're, I mean, you're very diverse in your in your fiction writing. Are you going to do? Are you going to do a memoir? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, definitely not. I can pretty much say that's an out. Okay. You know, I, uh, You'll write a memoir. Is, 
the thing is that, you know, these characters show up and they determine what the book's going to be, you know, mm -hmm. they want to tell these stories. And I think I like that the adventure of figuring how to write a different type of book, you know, the challenge of it. That said, I, it was so hard, but I really enjoyed middle grade. And I, I, there's a book that I want to write for middle grade um, for sure that coming up um, right now, I'm finishing a, a novel um, that's adult humorous mm -hmm. literary. Um, and, and then I will definitely dive into the next middle grade book. And this one will probably be some historical uh, middle grade. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, like the eighties. <laughs> no, I'm thinking uh, Portugal during the the dictatorship. Oh, okay. So in Lisbon, yeah, because oh, okay. I'm, I'm Portuguese and and right, I right, right. <laughs> but the '80s is pretty good. That's pretty yeah. far back in history. <laughs> it, it really is. I'm surprised every day that it, it is. Um, okay, so I have a question. Yeah. I, so this reminds me of I'm the type of person that reads multiple books at a time, uh -huh. and, I, and I heard another person who like you know, lots of people do this. They read they have three, four, or five books that they read. At the, can you do you guys write that way or do you have to keep your focus on one book because then you, your characters get messed up and that you know it just doesn't like how does that work case no heather go for it you're the guest oh, i you know i have to stay with one book at a time although things overlap at some point when yeah. you start getting production right. um, but in the drafting and the real bones of the book i really have to stay with one um, I can really lose sort of the juju of the book, you know, the real driving force and the soul of the book if I don't stay with the one thing. Um, so I really have to do that. But then once it gets to the point where I'm like tweaking things here and there, it's useful for me to step back and to do some other things and then come back to it with a fresh lens because I – Case, I don't know about you, but same thing with this book, uh, with The River Between Hearts, um, and then this this latest book I'm on, there's always one thing at the end that I can't see. I just can't right. see it for myself, yeah. and my readers don't always see it either, and so I just, it sucks, because I haven't figured out that one thing. With The River Between Hearts, it was the ending. I could not figure out the ending forever and ever and ever. And I just kept tweaking Rail's voice and working toward the ending. And then this, this recent book I'm revising, the language wasn't there, but I couldn't, I didn't have a sense of it. I hadn't drawn in the reins enough to be able to see that until like a month ago. And I've been working on this one for another five years. So it's so aggravating. It's always something different. And it's as though I've got, someone's put a blindfold over me and I can't see that thing yeah. until it's ready to reveal itself to me in it's in this book's own process. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You get to that too. God, I think I, I think I'm no, playing I, insane sometimes. I, I, well, I mean, yeah, one major project, like at a time, um, I've been like fiddling around with like a second memoir for about six years. And so when I'm not like, once I start writing a novel, I'm writing that novel. That's it. That's mm -hmm. everything goes to the side. Um, but the memoir, I kind of like when I'm not doing revisions or working on a novel, like right now I'm piddling around with that memoir, but, um, but yeah, one, one major project at a time. Um, every once in a while I might, I might like write an essay in the middle of a few essays in the middle of writing a novel, but nothing substantive, substantive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, 
Yeah, same, same, same. Um, and it's the same way. Endings are always that way for me. Like I think I have the ending, but then when I get there, it's not anywhere. It's close to what I thought it was going to be, but it's mm-hmm. how we got there is is always a mystery, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's always a mystery. Um, so yeah, one one project at a time, one big one. I'm you know I'm thinking about a new a new novel. It's about these two. Uh, it's a small town where there's these two. Somebody dies at the beginning from a bar fight. But, oh, but it's between two bars. It's called like it's a small town of like 3000 people and there's only two bars. Why, why am I waiting for a punchline? I've thought about this multiple times. And it's like one is called the uptown bar and the other is called the up uptown bar because <laughs> the, with the, it's, it's like a rival between country bars. Yeah. <laughs> like rural bars and somebody dies. In a, it's like, a, like, uh, like it's like, a, what is it? What's that show? Um, um, what am I thinking about that? I don't play? know. Bar versus bar. Bar versus bar, you know, and it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the Travel Channel show, you know, yeah, where, where they have like the restaurants feuding, that somebody <laughs> dies in the end. Um, oh my gosh! So I'm thinking about this novel, and I actually told my agent, she's like, I don't know, and I'm like, I'm going to write that novel. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Because like Heather, Heather said, it, it gets in your brain, and you're obsessed with it. You're absolutely yes. obsessed with it. Yeah. Um. So the up uptown bar and the up uptown bar. <laughs> so anyways so anyway so river between hearts one here we go again you can see it here it's a beautiful cover thank you, you. amazing job with it i was um, happy with it oh yeah you should be that's a beautiful cover um yeah so this is this came out in t- t- february yeah february yeah february so it's brand new so if you're listening you need to go pick it up uh pick up any of other of heather's books i've read three read three of them yeah yeah yeah. Um, i've read three including this one of course um and uh, i haven't read the book of short stories yet can you tell us can i tell you case short story collection well it released i think it was the only live book launch during covid like it was right one of the lulls in september yeah and uh we had it outdoors on by the river and it got people came and they were like oh my god it feels so good we had you know this outdoor grassy amphitheater but I think as a result of COVID, Michael Crouch did the audiobook, mm-hmm. and I think maybe things were slow or whatever. He's he's one of the top narrators in the business. Yeah, and that short my little short story collection um, won the Sovis Award for yeah. uh, collection, and then it was a finalist for the Oddies. I mean, I felt like such an I had such imposter syndrome. You know, there's my sure. little book with all these people. Yeah. You know, these famous people. So that was kind of fun to have that story collection do so well. Well, that's that that's one. the only one I haven't read. Yeah, I think, right? Yeah. 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 And I've got to pick that one up for sure. The um, audiobook. Get the, I'm, good. I'm going to get the audiobook for yeah. sure because I, I like to listen to it when I walk. My oh, there you go. And stuff and I listen to audiobooks. And you know what I did? This is me not doing this in since November. I didn't give a bio. I didn't even do a bio. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is you can you can switch oh. it all around, and you know, they're all like, "Who the heck is this lady?" I, I know, I know. <laughs> I always start with a bio. I didn't do a bio. This is Rannikin. I didn't notice it. I didn't. Yeah, know. as I, a producer, I didn't even notice. I mean, yeah. after, <laughs> I think after right, five so. years, I missed the bio. There you go. I landed the intro. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I absolutely missed the bio, and I'm, I'm like searching here. Should we learn a little something about Heather? Well, I just have the one on the back of the book. Is that good enough? That's not still sure. There. That's good no. enough. Well, I, okay. First off, Google Heather. You know, 
Google her. HeatherMateusSappenfield.com. Yes. Or go, yep. And then read the long bio with all with all the awards and stuff. Um, and then <laughs> I'll get to the bio. Gosh, I am so sorry. I, I'm like, well, you know, I started teaching high school this year. It's been quite the year. It's like, yeah. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, it's Say your maiden name again. Mateus. Mateus. It's got, it's got that, that Portuguese to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Heather Mateus Sappenfield loves adventures, especially in the Rocky Mountain landscape. That's been her lifelong home. As part of a woman's team, she won 24-hour uh, 24 mountain bike races and rode bicycling race across America, San Diego, California, to Atlanta, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Brandon, this is Heather. You should, you should, Brandon, you should interview Heather about this yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. It sounds yeah. right up our alley. It's right up we're, Agnador, yeah. Yeah, we're, or, we're Arts and Adventure podcast. Right. And oh, so yeah. I mean, this is exactly what, you represent. You're mm. one of our people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So you, yeah. Do, you that was that was a rolling shit show. <laughs> America. Oh my god. Well, that's, that sounds like a great story, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Brandon's you know, on it. He will a be camper, two chase vehicles, eleven crew, and four oh racers. Yeah. yeah. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a great story. And you know what? Most people call that a good time. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? You know what? You know what writers call that. A memoir. <laughs> they, yeah, do. they do. They, they, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that sounds like a memoir to be written, at least an essay. Have you written an essay on this? No. What the I hell? Haven't. You know, my own life just doesn't interest me. Oh, well, what about like, what about getting a hold of Mag and getting his contact at Bicycling Mag and Magazine and, and writing that story? Oh, well, yeah, cool. maybe. It was a while ago that I did it, but That'd yeah. Be, I think it'd still be lots of fun, you yeah. know, because they actually... Because like with Mag, they actually they print like personal essays, you know. Yeah. Well, they're good that way. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the part of the show where Brandon gives me the five. And what else do you want to tell us about this book? Oh, holy moly! Yeah. Um. And I'll, I'm, we're gonna. I, you know, I wrote it for everybody to read, not just middle graders. I think something cool happens when an adult or an older person reads a middle grade book. Mm -hmm. They approach it thinking, wow, I'm older and I'm really smart. So their guard is down, right? <laughs> and they just open it up. The language is simpler. The themes are presented very directly. And yet there, these, there's so much going on in middle grade literature right now. And it's so rich. And so when you read one of those books, it, they just go straight to the heart. And like you said, you blow right through them. Oh, yeah. So good. But the thing that is also just really refreshing is that, you know, middle grade books are they're figure the kids are figuring out the world. They haven't gotten to the angst of YA or to the melancholy of adult books. Right, and right. so they're sort of they're feel good books, too. And yeah. there's often humor and things like that in there. So I think every adult should read one middle grade book at least a year. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think every adult should read a book a year. <laughs> And it's if, asking a lot. Dave. It really is. But if you preferably your book, <laughs> preferably both our books, two books here. Um, and yeah, I mean, and we get to talk tomorrow night at King's English. This will be lots of fun. I'm excited. I, I yeah. actually have my developmental edit discussion right before end, so I will be in complete book mode. Oh wow, you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told you I started teaching in high school, so it's like I have to do things during the day. I don't get it. It's weird, you know. <laughs> they expect me to show up. 
Teach. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. No, two things. Um, um, but no, thank you again for talking to us. And, we, you know, every time you have a book, so we've done two of your three fictions on here. Yeah. Fictions, uh-huh. fictions, you know, that's a new word now. Yeah. Two of your three novels. Um, uh-huh. And so every time you have a book, we just need to do this. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Absolutely. it's so much fun. And thank, thank you so much for uh, your, your flexibility last time. I, I appreciate being part of the Renaissance. I, this is the Renaissance. The Renaissance. I, think, <laughs> I think I'm a different interview, a different interviewer. You know, I don't do bios, you know. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't. If we want just jump right in. It's just jump right in, and I yeah, kind of like get to it. work. Yeah, you know. So, okay. <laughs> um, I don't do bios. You know, I. Uh, you know, if you have a painful story, I'd rather hear about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, but thank you again, and, and for everybody out there. This is Case Johnson's Literally Podcast. Uh, we were talking to today with uh, Heather. Met you have to say it again. Mateus. 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 Uh, Sappenfield with about our new middle grade book, uh, The River Between Hearts, uh, by out from Fitzroy Books, which is actually Regal House. And um, if 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 your publisher is listening, why did you turn my book down? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because you know you had people like Heather and Leah. <laughs> to, to publish, which is absolutely, absolutely fabulous. Yeah, and by the way, Leah's book, holy moly! I haven't read it yet. I, so she was, good. She it's was here like last week, and I so had good. I had to admit to her, I have not. It's on my pile, um, and I've heard it's amazing. I've heard it's it really good things. So, yeah. So Regal House, they turned down my book, but it's obvious they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Um, well, thank you. Thanks again, Heather. It was always a good to see you. And hopefully we can meet up at a conference or something soon and, and hang out. I hope so. I, I know. hope so. Thanks. Yeah. I enjoyed getting a tour of the trailer and Brandon. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what you should do? You should think about coming up to the Utah Book Festival and reading. Because not a oh, far drive. Is that? I'd love to. It's in September and October. And uh, Willie, who runs it, he's great. I mean, he can give you like an honorarium, you know. Um, oh, cool. But I mean, he probably wouldn't pay for like a whole thing, but an honorarium and we could give you a place yeah. to stay. So, I mean, you know, it'd be fun. I am so down with I will, that. And just, you know what? Can you do, I look for him on the website or something? For no, I'll just, I'll link us in an email. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I would love to come. Yeah. My it's, daughter it's, left. By the way, what's that? My, my daughter resigned and she's on a big adventure. Oh, she's, she's not Lake, remember? Yeah, yeah. She's, so on... she's not there anymore, but she's heading to Kyrgyzstan. Oh, really? Well, not Uzbekistan. Uh, she's a mountaineering adventurer person. Wonder where she got that. Yeah. And then she's teaching English in Istanbul all summer. Oh, wow. That sounds fabulous. I know. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about, you know, the Black Sea is the only thing between. I know. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, yeah. You know, it's better than Utah. No, it's better than. <laughs> I love Utah. Yeah, I love Utah. It's better than Salt Lake. Ogden is, Ogden's the place. Right, is it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Ogden. I've lived here my whole life. What do I know? Yeah, okay, I, don't, Ogden, I can't compare it to anything. Ogden is the place. I've lived all over. Ogden is, Ogden's the best. So perfect, perfect. And you, yeah, so if you came up for Utah, I'll, I'll link in with Brad, with Willie. I would absolutely love yeah. that case in all honesty. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. That'd be awesome. So do send me that. And probably they're looking at getting things set up right now. So yep, right now. Right away and I'll get in touch with him right away and yep. we'll make it happen. And I, I'm part of the Weber County team. So I would oh. just tell him that we'd want Heather in Ogden. <laughs> so 
you know? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Okay. You have a great next interview. Thanks. I will. And uh, good luck to you. Are you going to do the bio for the next interview? Or are you just going to leave it out? I don't know. I like her. (laughs) I'm, listen, Honestly. I'm really liking new kids. <laughs> you know, I you know I read the book. Let's talk. That's, that's, that's all I asked for, man. That, I, I think that's Take our, care, you guys. our, our new model. Okay, see you, see you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.